Loneliness can grind you down so hard that when you finally meet someone, you can be primed to completely shut your eyes to the red flags that are wrapping themselves around your face. And if you weren't loved properly as a child, you may have a superpower for this kind of denial. Because when it's happening, it feels like your whole life depends on keeping the feeling of being loved on tap, even when it's not love, and even when the person you're hooked on shows every sign of bringing grief and trouble into your life. My letter today is from a woman I'll call Tracy, and she writes, Hello, Anna. I've watched all your videos and they really helped me stay calm during my new boyfriend's dysregulation. We're only one month in and at the start he was all for me, an extremely positive, happy, passionate and engaged. Then he read a letter from his impending court case from three years of childhood sexual abuse and he has gone very, very quiet, saying he needs to get the demon off his shoulder and get back to a version of himself he's happy for me to see. All right, I'm circling this, some things I see here. I'm gonna read it all the way through so we can hear what you're saying, Tracy, and then I'm gonna go back through and respond to some of the things I circled and see if I can help. Okay, so it's been a fortnight and I'm starting to wonder what should I do? Do you have any advice? Currently, I'm answering his breadcrumbs of hello, babe, every few days without a delay to make sure he knows I haven't abandoned him. He has said four days ago, you're not going anywhere, are you? As much as I'd understand if you did, XXX. And I responded by saying, I was in it for the long haul and take all the time you need. Yesterday I messaged him saying I was thinking of him and I was hoping he had a good day, but it was left on red. He tried to kill himself four times once, just a month before he met me. He also has five kids who, ha who he has every second week, who he loves dearly. Is that what you suggest I give him, more time? It's such early days, and we obviously don't have the background of discussions about this at all. It, it just hits so fast. I'm a little desperate and lost not knowing what to do, but until I hear from you, I'll give him time, patience, kindness, and understanding. Thank you so much. This is all very new to me. All right, thank you, Tracy. I think I can help you. All right, this sounds like a very dangerous and terrible situation for you. And this is gonna be a tough love letter. But Tracy, I think you're gravely in denial about what's going on here and what is needed here. I'll tell you why, all right. You're one month into dating someone. That's like nothing, really. That's getting to know them a couple times. Um, it sounds like you have a sexual relationship or you wouldn't have, be taking it so seriously. But one month in is, you know, you really can't make any decision about whether it's a fit or this is a person for you or anything, even if they were wonderful and totally ready for a relationship. So he was all great and he was happy and passionate and engaged. And then he read a letter from his impending court case for three years of childhood sexual abuse. So I assume it's a prosecution of the abuser. Uh, you know, uh, abusers need to be prosecuted, but I think it can do a terrible, terrible number on the people who, are, um, who were abused and who have to show up for court and testify about that and open the whole thing and prove the legitimacy of what they're saying. And um, you know, there's really not an easy way to do that. 
So he's gone very quiet and saying he needs to get the demon off his shoulder. So he's saying he has a demon on his shoulder right now and he, so that he can get back a version of himself that he's happy for you to see. So he's in some terrible state that he doesn't want you to see. Um, and he's also abandoned the relationship. Just saying, okay, Tracy, he's not with you anymore. And you don't know when, and he's not really talking. Okay, so it's been two weeks, and I've started to wonder, what should I do? He's saying breadcrumbs of hello, babe. You respond without a delay to let him know that you haven't abandoned him. So you know what? When you've been dating for a month, you can't really abandon somebody. It's not like that. Abandonment, I mean, really, abandonment refers to something that happens to a kid. And I'm just going to intuit from your letter here that you have some serious abandonment stuff. And, you know, if he got abused and it's only come to light now, then somebody abandoned him, didn't stand up for him when he was young. So these are people with abandonment issues. And I get that you want to reassure him. But you can't be there for somebody who isn't in your life, all right? This is, if this were a, a long-standing relationship, if you guys had a committed relationship, if you lived together, were married, had children. But here's what you tell me. He says, oh my goodness, you haven't gone anywhere. I'd understand if you did. And you say you're in it for the long haul. So Tracy, why are you in it for the long haul? Can you wait like at least till you've been seeing somebody a year before you say you're in it for the long haul. That's called a life commitment. So you're not in a place where you can do that. You're, this, these are the rash proclamations of somebody with a great big attachment wound who has totally attached to somebody and who is maybe attaching even harder because he's abandoned you. And again, I get it, like he can't be there for you right now. But then you said he tried to kill himself four times once just a month before he met you. So if you were together four weeks and now it's been two weeks and a month before he met you, so that's what, 10 weeks ago? 10 weeks ago, he tried to kill himself four times. Okay, this is the tough love. Somebody who's in that fragile estate and who has tried four times, this is, he's in big danger, honey. He's big, big danger. Danger for you to be around, danger for him to have a relationship that presents itself as like, oh, I'm totally here for you. You can't possibly be there for somebody you don't know. And it's not fair to promise that to somebody. Take it from me. I'm somebody who has made a similar decision, and I regret it so much. It's so bad for a person who's suicidal to have a whirlwind relationship. It's so bad and so unstable. And, you know, it can't possibly work out in a way that fixes them. It can't. He may heal one day, but he's going to do that. It's going to be this huge inside job. And he may, I don't know what his relationship to this court case is. I don't know if he initiated it or got dragged into it. But I do know that even though justice may be done towards the perpetrator, it's not going to fix the hurts that happened to him. He's got a world of trouble here. All right, and, and then as if getting together with a guy who just tried to kill himself four times, this is a, like a savior mission for you. He has five kids who come see him regularly. So this is somebody who needs to preserve life so much for those kids. And um, getting into a whirlwind relationship with somebody with attachment wounds is the last way that he can keep his life stable. It's not stable. It's going to be a big rush of you know, woo, in love, and then, you know, can't work out. And I will say, this is, you know, his, his attachment style here of going way in and then way out, 
that's a disorganized attachment style. That is common for people who were abused like he was. So it's not his fault that he's like that, but it's not a workable relationship for you. And a person can heal from that stuff, but he is not at that time right now where he's like any day now gonna come out like, all right, I've got it now. I can really give a proper commitment to you. That's not what's happening. So basically, I'm just trying to say, you're not gonna get what you want here. And more importantly, you could possibly hurt and destabilize this person who's on the very edge of survival. And I want you not to do that. And so what I would suggest to you, since you ask, is that you very gently just step back, just let him drift away from you. He's, he's not calling you, he's leaving you your texts unread, and that's perfect. You can just let it go, just let it go. And one day he might get in touch and you can very lightly and gently just say, ah, you know, I don't think I can right now. The more time that passes that he's not trying to be in a relationship with you, the more, the easier it's gonna be for you to just kind of hold a boundary away from him with kindness, with praise for him. Just like, yeah, I don't think I can get into a relationship right now with what's going on. I, I really wish you healing. I hope it goes really well. So, you know, that's as kind as you can be. What's not kind is putting emotional demands on somebody to like be there for you. And you're not, you're sitting there, you're saying, oh, I'll just sacrifice everything I need and just wait for the guy and text him promptly. But I don't want you to do that, Tracy, because I'm interested in you and I want you to be interested in you. He's working out his stuff. He's not, he's not relationship material at this time in his life. But if you would like to have a relationship, the shortest route to it is to heal your trauma wounds, the ones that have you deciding to get into a relationship when you hear the the terrible you know I, I can't think of any kind of trouble that would be worse in a potential partner than that they were suicidal that's not it's not a person to get together with that's a fantasy that you can rescue and just trust me you can't this is something he's going to work out he's hopefully because of this court case going to have access to professional help and and deal with it that way without this complication of a fantasy whirlwind romance okay so i suspect that's not what you hope to hear but you asked tracy and i think a lot of people have had this experience of kind of rushing into a situation you know a lot of times people who are suicidal they don't tell you that at first and um you know, I ended up in such a relationship and it, it ended quite badly and it was devastating to my life. It took, took me about two years before I was emotionally on my feet again after that. And I don't wish that on anyone. When you do get into a relationship, there are specific qualities you should be looking for and you need to prepare yourself for that relationship. And to prepare yourself for that relationship, you have to be very clear, like what is a good partner and how will I know? What is the process by which I'll be able to discern if they're that person for me? Thank you so much for listening. If you love my content, think about joining my membership program. You can find out more information about that and all my courses and coaching programs at crappychildhoodfairy.com. Remember, healing is possible. People with childhood PTSD can have a wonderful life. Sometimes we just need a few workarounds. I'll see you next time.